Hi, I'm Shiv. And I'm Chitra. We are the co-hosts of this show, Software People Stories. We are happy to bring you stories of people associated with software as makers or consumers. In every episode, we talk to people on their own personal and professional journeys, their interests and approach to work and life in a free-flowing conversational format. We hope that you will be able to draw your inspiration from their experiences and insights. These podcasts are made possible by PM Power Consulting, who have helped individuals, teams, and organizations on their delivery excellence journeys. Welcome to this episode of the Software People Stories. My guest today is my colleague and longtime friend, J.V. J.V. Raghavan, whom you've heard before. This time, we talk about J.V.'s own experience in terms of handling role transitions in his career, how he was able to utilize his core strengths to help get new responsibilities and challenges, and when he got into academics, what he learned as a teacher and later on as a coach. His tip for compressing the time needed to learn something is something very interesting. Don't miss that. And finally, he talks about how to get an outside-in perspective very quickly, particularly when you're engaging in a new environment as a coach. Listen on. Hi, JB. Welcome Hi. back to the Software People Stories podcast. Hi, Chef. Been nice talking to you again. Since the time we spoke last, uh, the name of the podcast has changed. Okay. It used to be software lifecycle stories, and since people are sharing more of their own stories, that uh, it's more appropriate to call this a software people stories. Okay. So today, I wanted to hear your stories. Now you played multiple roles. Now, initially, I know that now you were a hardcore techie, including four GL languages. Then were a team lead, managing projects, and then handling some business roles. then got into quality then are leading a company then getting into coaching mm-hmm. now in your own life i see so many different transitions how have you been able to manage all that the way i i look at things is you know, none of these was actually managed more often than not i actually viewed uh, you know things as they happen and see what uh, i can do to make a difference as, as i do whatever i do i mean when i started my career as a software developer there was no thinking that you know at 15 20 years from now i want to be you know a manager or heading a company or any of those the mm-hmm. aspirations were not it was more about you know being successful in whatever you do and trying to see how you can make a difference in whatever you do and feeling a sense of satisfaction in what you accomplish i think those were the uh, in in some sense they were internal motivators rather than trying to look at how the outside world looks at you right so those were the things that kind of you know motivated me so the first few years spent in being a developer uh, the focus was making sure that you do as good a job as possible there mm-hmm. and then when and presented as an opportunity to actually go to a site to lead and you know get specs from a customer and trying to lead a project uh, that was a completely different challenge so obviously i i realized that somebody gave me that opportunity because i'd done a decent job in my prior role and they thought maybe the other skills that i brought to the table such as you no know, communication or interface with people uh, or being able to you know kind of talk the language of the customer 
and, and be a reasonable listener or whatever. I mean, those are the kinds of things that probably made the manager think that I could be a you know effective player of that role of going to a customer, getting requirements and coming back and working with the team to execute the project as a, you know, a turnkey or a you know, fixed price project. Mm. Uh, so, so basically, I, I think that confidence automatically you know, imposed additional responsibility on you to see how you can succeed. And then you start going about figuring out how you succeed, right? Those days, obviously, there are no great uh, you know, resources for you to look at, except to go and look at some books. So you start learning on the job, and then you start doing it and suddenly realize that, you know, other skills that you are able to exhibit come to the table, right? For example, the ability to handle a team, be able to get the best out of the team. Some of these came out. And I think, you know, it's also a little bit of both the upbringing, the way that, uh, you know, your, your family background and the way your, you know, your values that are kind of taught to you. Many of these actually help you in the role. So in that sense, uh, while I was... Uh, you know, exhibiting my technical skills, I was also able to kind of work with a team to get things done. So naturally, the, the manager felt that I could actually be, you know, heading a group of people in, in kind of driving a business. So that's how the, the next responsibility of actually, you know, working with about 30 or 40 people to kind of you know, work with different customers and get different projects and execute a business kind of thing in a, in a specific area. That's how the, 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 the next kind of responsibility came along the way. Okay. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, there was also a, a need for interfacing with a very large customer and, you know, very, very large customer like, you know, Tata Steel in this case, to be able to do something for them from kind of, you know, creating a blueprint for them for, you know, automation and implementation of, you know, automated software or whatever across the organization, both the software and hardware. And again, that uh, through a different kind of challenge, again, the, the ability to interface with people and talk their language business interface and, and so on and so forth. I think that came to the table, uh, being able to work with uh, senior people. Now, the, the initial case was working with uh, entry-level programmers. Subsequently, it was a case of working with people who are experienced, who had their own you know, egos and working styles and things like that. So there, you know, even, even more important uh, was the, the, the ability to, uh, your interpersonal skills and things like that come into play a lot more. It's not just leading a team, but actually leading a highly skill, a skilled set of professionals who are experienced. That, that actually came to the fore. And, and many of these other responsibilities get, just got uh, you know, pushed to you because the company was actually moving in a different direction. And, and the company thought that I was able to, I would be able to actually take up some of those responsibilities. That's how the, the whole thing happened. I think my intent was also to figure out how I can actually uh, get more all-round exposure. So, you know, somewhere after about eight or 10 years of experience, I realized that uh, that's when I started understanding what I could be somewhere down the line. The first seven or eight years, there was no thinking about what I wanted to be and you know, where I wanted to be after 15 or 20 years. But certainly after eight or 10 years, I realized that you know, there were some things that I could accomplish in life. And that is where I started realizing that more all-round exposure was needed. Okay. Uh, for example, technology-wise, product engineering was an important area. So I actually wanted to work on product engineering. Uh, automation and tools was another area that I thought was a, I mean, during those days, I, you know, I'm looking at late uh, 80s, early 90s. Uh, there was a trend for more software engineering automation. That is, that is how the industry was moving. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I needed to actually have some exposure there. 
then as uh, the world moved into uh, the area of process and quality assurance the software engineering was actually moving into focusing on more discipline and and process i realized that that that's one place where you know an exposure would make a difference to me and so an opportunity presented itself and you know i took it up heading quality at tata uh, unisys and i think after you know once i got through all of that then you know, the issue was more about uh, you know how i was making a difference to both myself and the organization that i worked with with, with a lot of satisfaction being the one that drove my you know it, it was not not only your accomplishment but what uh, how you felt from from the perspective of value add to yourself which is when uh, an opportunity you know came along in the product space product engineering space where uh, a highly technology product oriented company such as novel offered me an op- opportunity so there there was a huge amount of learning i mean in a services setup there was a lot of uh, focus on working with people working with projects working with customers whereas uh, in a in a technology setup like novel it was more about uh, understanding technology and and figuring out how you be able to influence uh, the direction for a product and technology for the company right that is a completely different thing and i believe mm-hmm. that uh, the first 3 or 4 years at novel was uh, a phenomenal amount of learning because uh, somewhere down the line after i started working as a developer you know uh, doing some design and things like that i had actually moved into management so there was a little bit of movement away from core technology areas that mm-hmm. is where i think novel helped me with kind of that was you no know, networking was state of the art at that time and novel was one of the leading players in that space and and getting into a company like that and and learning technology i think was a was a big uh, value add for me that has actually helped me down the line i mean when i go and talk to people today as a coach especially working with a technology company they kind of recognize that uh, you know you bring to the table some real life experience that you are sharing as a coach yeah, as okay. opposed to if you had worked in a services setup purely the kind of value that you would bring to the table would be very different you may not be able to appreciate the challenges that they have so mm-hmm. i personally feel whatever has happened to me some of it has been more by accident uh, very little necessarily by design but uh, whatever has happened by accident i have actually tried to leverage and take advantage of that and pick up whatever i could do and and see you know at, at that point in time how else can i actually make a difference to the setup that i work with so that's how this whole thing spanned out subsequently in novel i you know headed the development center that was a you know, definitely different experience uh, working with counterparts in the us but i realized that after two or three years it was also adding you know less value to me as a as a person because uh, uh, there was a lot of debate more administratively oriented rather than you know neither technology oriented nor people oriented so i realized that that was when i stopped adding value to myself you know even if i was uh, heading the development center as a managing director i realized that uh, both the value add to me and to the company was relatively minimal so that is when i decided i should you know uh, venture into some other career and uh, the first thing that i thought was going and doing some teaching because that's you know interacting okay. with people and you know sharing my experience and learning in that process was something that that motivated me so i said i'll try my hand at teaching okay. uh, did some teaching at iim for a couple of years the areas that i enjoyed working with software metrics and product engineering and and, and i i think it was a huge uh, learning for me i mean to be honest with you those those two years where i spent teaching about probably what 150 to 200 people the amount of learning that i went through uh, the preparation that i had to go through to make uh, a good job of what i was doing i realized that uh, 
phenomenal amount of effort went into it and a lot of learning in the process. And in, in some sense, that actually helped uh, PM Power when we started it in 2006. While I was teaching at IIM, that's when you know, we started PM Power also. Okay. So training, coaching, those are the things that we worked with. So I think that uh, was a completely different uh, you know, path that we took where we were not working with one company and trying to influence a you know, small set of people, but we were working with different companies that brought different challenges to the table and, and, and the ability to actually make a much bigger difference than working for a small organization or a team. And I think that's been a you know, very fruitful experience over the last 10, 12 years. Almost like if I go back, I must have worked with at least a couple of hundred teams over the last 10 years, you know, 200 teams, maybe you know, 500 to 1,000 managers along the way. So each of them has uh, provided perspectives that uh, has benefited me. Uh, and I feel that every day is a learning you know, experience. When you go to a, for example, I actually was uh, coaching a team you know, two days back in one of the, the organizations that we work with. Mm -hmm. And it was a completely new challenge in the sense that uh, traditionally when you do agile coaching, we actually start with understanding the team, doing a, you know, some kind of an assessment of where they are and looking at gaps and saying, oh, this is how you address gaps. Mm -hmm. But uh, here was a situation where you know, the management team came and said, you know, this is an extremely difficult team. We need to get these guys uh, you know, going on agile the way that they need to do. And uh, we have had major challenges in making them successful. And we actually want you to do it as quickly as possible. And, and you know, there was no time to think about anything. So the, the intervention with the team had to be you know, planned on the fly as you interacted with them. So I kind of attended their you know, retrospective and planning sessions. And we actually worked you know, in, a, in a kind of co-creating a kind of solution through the way, changing the mindsets of people along the way during those two to three hours of interaction. Okay. And then getting them to agree to what they would do. And, and suddenly I realized that in about two to three hours, there was a, a huge mindset change that, that happened that would probably have taken me a lot more if I had actually gone through a very systematic step-by-step you know, -step approach. So wow. why I'm saying this is some of these are, you, know, you don't plan for this. I think you know, your ability to you know, react or think on your feet and be able to do what you believe is right, as long as you, you come with the right perspectives, many of these work out very well. Hmm. See, it's uh, good that you mentioned you know, confidence as the first uh, trait that uh, you had and also your manager spotted the talent and the potential and gave you additional opportunities. Mm -hmm. Now, in many of my conversations mm. with people who are about to take on a new role, which is probably not exactly the same as what they were doing, mm -hmm. this uh, uncertainty of the mm. new role mm. or the thought that they are probably moving away from their comfort zone or what they consider as their core area mm -hmm. instills some amount of hesitation and fear. Mm. Now, related to this, you mentioned that uh, in the Tata Steel engagement, mm -hmm. you also had to interact with the leaders. Yeah. And later on, when you also became a leader, there are a lot of unknowns and ambiguities. Mm. So for someone in software where we like everything to be specked out or everything to be in a detail, algorithms, testing, precision and all that, how did you reconcile the one side where it is all probably very um, predictive or specific, which may be specification driven and the other side, like the last example that you shared, which is about uh, being there and then navigating on the flight? 
I, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't know how, how to answer that question, but basically I, I don't, uh, I don't try to do too much of, you know, thinking about reconciliation there. You know, you, you just go, go there with an open mind. I mean, you know, when you, when you're faced with uncertainty and something that's new, more often than not, I've actually said, somebody has given me this responsibility, trusting me. So if that person has trust in me, then why would I actually worry about, uh, you know, anything you know going wrong that is mm. one thing and second thing is i think uh, the initial stages maybe today when you have you know when you've got a lot of experience there's always this worry about uncertainty and you know if you know, people judging you and things like that whereas in the first 5 or 10 years i, I never had a worry about somebody judging me right mm -hmm. because uh, one i think probably the the confidence that was built in through working with uh, especially when when you if I look, go back to my background, see, if I look at IIT, when I joined IIT, I was very diffident because I saw a lot of people who are very good. I mean, especially mm -hmm. compared to what I had experienced in my, you know, pre-university and school day, where you, know, you kind of uh, typically were, you know, be, be, uh, the topper in the class or whatever. But then you, you know, go to a place like IIT, you suddenly realize that, you know, 90% of the people are actually smarter than you, so very joy. Mm. And then suddenly you realize that you know you are in a completely unknown space. The initial feeling is that you are in the wrong place. But then what it actually ends up doing is over the course of time it it actually you know kind of makes you understand where you are and you know what you are with respect to the others and see what you need to do to be different and, and learn in the process. So I think by the time that I completed you know my my graduation, post-graduation, I, I think a reasonable amount of confidence had developed. So much so that if somebody gave something, all I wanted to do was put in my best foot forward. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. I mean, you know, it was not for lack of trying, but it was certainly, you know, something that maybe somebody would have done better, but certainly you had, you had given your best shot. And, and more often than not, I think the faith also, I mean, no, I must also say mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. faith in yourself, faith in God, faith in you know, multiple things. I, I think that also drove you know, your success. Okay. But later on, you're right. I mean, so when, when, you, know, when you grow up, one of the problems with actually growing up is uh, uh, you want to be operating in a familiar territory, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because you're always worried about how people judge you, right? Mm -hmm. But I think uh, certainly in PM4, one of the advantages that we've had is that uh, you know, we've all operated somewhat kind of independently, we have, we've all come there with, with, a, with a lot of background, with the confidence that we'll be able to work together. So we know that, uh, you know, as long as you put in your best foot forward, it's okay. And in any given situation, don't go there thinking that, uh, you know, this, this will happen this way and whether I will be able to do it or I will not be able to do it. I, I don't think I go there with that thinking. I said that, you know, if somebody wants me to do this, go there, you know, look at the situation there and see how you can you know, respond. And if, let's say you are not able to do it, actually say that I need some time and come back, think over and do it. So I, I don't, I, I personally believe that going there with an open mind and, and trusting your own, you know, instincts and skills. These are the two primary things that have kind of got me to where I am today. Mm, nice. One thing that you talked about the PM power value of equality. I think that's very true. Mm -hmm so much that we can learn from each other and uh, I think it's a good uh, team that kind of supports everyone so there's no fear of uh, being ridiculed or uh, you know, the failure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So the related thing there is um, you also mentioned 
now that in your last assignment where uh, everybody wants results very quickly mm -hmm. so when you get into a new role like you mentioned uh, early on in your career uh, the only resource probably were books mm -hmm. today we of course have uh, so much of content available and then we can uh, probably more easily search and locate mm -hmm. now when you are pressed for time have you evolved any techniques that have worked for you best in terms of you know, compressing the time required to learn something new i i've kind of often relied on of course uh, you know books uh, like you said is a older uh, uh, you know ways of we, we we learn but today i think the way i look at it is i have a lot of people i can talk to to learn from so my first source of learning is fellow pm pavarians i think uh, we have a wonderful set of people who who bring in so so many different uh, kinds of value perspectives like for example somebody brings in a technology you know uh, is very good in technology somebody is very good in some of the people related side somebody is very good you know dealing with leaders so i i think we have a lot of people who you know, since they come with so much of experience they also their own ways of reading they read a lot each one reads different kinds of uh, you know covers different areas and, and so in that process you actually learn by interacting with people that's the the first thing that i normally do and of course the obviously the, the the web is a you know resource that you use as a as a backup to this but my primary source of learning has been with uh, fellow pm pavarians that's the way i would i would i would look at it okay so the uh, last question for this conversation is uh, your own learnings and something that could be useful for others when you are more like an observer from outside i'm just uh, picking on a few things that you said about your uh, teaching experience with iim mm -hmm. where uh, you actually have the students who are there to learn and you probably have the unique position of watching or even understanding where each one comes from where there could be some maybe conceptual challenges or where somebody uh, you know, wants to go deeper etc as well as in the coaching kind of situations when you said there is an assessment that you do at times mm -hmm. which is again from a view from outside mm -hmm. or some of the uh, the total quality models that you have been associated with or for business excellence or organizational excellence mm -hmm. where you walk into an organization and then pretty much you know, look at uh, everything there top to bottom left to right etc mm. so for getting a quick appreciation from outside how do you go about that and then uh, what has that given you uh i mean since you mentioned the the business excellence uh, you know as one of the examples so it's it's basically the kind of people that you are going to interact with and what perspectives that you are uh, looking at from them that you believe will provide you with a uh, you know a landscape of the organization right you, know, you you're going to talk with different levels of people people who bring in different kinds of experience so the idea is uh, you know what are you going to gain so the the intent is to get a let's say a breadth first perspective right before you start diving into specific things and figuring out you know where you can contribute and how you can contribute so the idea is what kind of people are you, you know what kind of audience are you dealing with so even in a class for example you know, you, you tend to look at uh, the audience in the class with the kind of perspective that they bring or experience they bring to the table so that you can actually plan out uh, 
how you're going to actually make a difference to them over the course of the interaction that you have, right? Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you find people are looking for you know, very deep things. Sometimes you find people are looking at, you know, uh, I want a, a holistic perspective rather than some in-depth perspective in an area. So you actually you know, kind of understand the, you, know, you, you, you kind of interact with them and get a feel for what kind of people you are, an you know, audience that you're dealing with. So when you go to an organizational assessment, obviously, you, you look for certain perspectives from leaders, you look for certain perspectives from teams, and then you get a landscape of the, the organizational climate, culture, and then you realize that, you know, what are the kind of interventions that you need to plan at, at different levels. So again, going there with, uh, you know, uh, getting a holistic, higher level landscape, and then jumping in, figuring out what kind of interventions will help. I think that's the... I mean, that's the thing that, that has helped me make, make a difference in this kind of an intervention, right? I don't know mm -hmm. if, I, if I was uh, clear. Yeah, you were clear, but it just sounds uh, not too easy. I'm sure that there's a lot of learning and uh, applying that one has to do internally. Maybe uh, in some of our future conversations, we'll take that up. Because as a coach, when you transition, when uh, we want to help others achieve their potential or excel, the quality of not only observing, but also restraining yourself from jumping into solutioning or the other extreme, stereotyping. And then I saying, okay, because of this, okay, this person cannot do this at all. Or this person only can do this. So avoiding those, I'm sure uh, there will be uh, a lot more nuances on that maybe for a later Absolutely. call. Absolutely. And I think honestly, as coaches, we have learned that. So maybe some of these are have become easier today because uh, you know if if you ask me 15 years ago uh, my ability to listen and you know not judge would have been very low even mm -hmm. even after 20 years of experience but today with uh, uh, with 15 years of coaching experience dealing with so many different teams at least uh, to a large extent we have you know understood that uh, you need to be able to you know sit back and 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 absorb as many inputs as possible before you start looking at you know what how you can actually make a difference it's a skill that's acquired over, or it's at least, uh, uh, in my opinion, there's something that many PM variants have it, and we have learned from each other as well as working with customers, learning from customers. Wonderful, Javi. On that note, uh, I want to acknowledge that every time we've interacted, there's always something new for me to learn, and it's very energizing. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you Shiv. It's the, it's the same. We, I reciprocate the same feeling, obviously. If you like the show and would like to share your experiences with the community or know someone else who might want to do that, please get in touch with us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com. That is podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com. Please rate the show on Podchaser, Stitcher, iTunes or any other podcast client that you find us on. Please also share our episodes with your friends and others in your network. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on our show, do write to us at this email address podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com <laughs>